Yeah, we just we can talk about a strategy of you know what we want to do over the next four. I reckon it's four podcasts between now and the time we can get back to doing it in Leadville. Okay, would that be right? Because you're doing after Chinese New Year, going back to fortnightly. Fortnightly, so the in between fortnight we can do a podcast. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we haven't had CCing on before, so I thought instead of, um, I thought this is a great opportunity to get a run or having a conversation with yourself, and our listeners can hear, you know, a different perspective, and because of the number of years you've been training, also. Um, if we use this podcast to kind of introduce who you are, Seising, with your professional background and life experiences and stuff like that, and then we, you know, having kids and rah rah, moving through, and then next next fortnight, when we come in to do podcasts, we'll have a fourth person, and then once you've been introduced, then we'll we'll bring in guests. To, to talk like seeing Sheriff he can have a chat once and then seeing Tarrant have a chat and you know that type mm. of thing great okay that was my thought nice that, how does that sound yeah good is that all right? I'll, I'll leave that in then everyone knows what we're doing for the next few weeks ah uh, well, I don't know whatever yeah cool alright ready steady cook Hello everyone, welcome to the For Real Podcast, where we talk about what we experienced through our practice, Kung Fu and Tai Chi, and it's time to bow in. Haven't heard that before, have you? Say seeing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Alright, so today we've got um, Dad, of course, myself as the host of For Real Podcast, and our guest today, Say Seeing Brian, as as we know him. Hello. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks good for morning. having me. Welcome. Everyone can hear alright? We're all good with the sound check? Mm, yeah. Awesome. Oh, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, uh, the first of 2022. Exciting. Wow. First one. Wow. Very good. Good start to the year. Uh, how are we all feeling this morning, this Sunday morning? Mm, I'm feeling glad. A little anxious, but feeling glad mostly. Probably 8 out of 10 glad and 4 out of 10 anxious. I'd say I'd say I'm similar, Sifu. Um mm. Predominantly glad, a little bit anxious, but um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling this morning. Cool. I am uh, yeah, mostly glad. It is a Sunday morning. We've got our coffee here, a little bit of a chat as well. Do, Dad, do you want to add anything to that intro, to our intro of 2022 first podcast? Well, I guess uh, I'm noticing a lot of the um, podcasts out there uh, summarising 2021, so I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> we kind of did last uh, we did, our last 2021 yeah episode. needless to say it was a crazy year and um wow after the holidays how quickly how how quickly life just it's like speeding away and i touch down and suddenly my feet have to go really mm. really fast to keep keep up so um i lost i lost track of days over christmas and new year and I still not quite knowing what week it is now. So I've I know what day it is, but yeah. I'm not quite sure what week it is. And it's surprising to me, I've only been back at work for a week, and it feels like <laughs> it feels like uh, that it's that it's um, that I've been back much longer. Mm. 
But so, thank yeah. goodness right. I enjoy what I do and mm-hmm. I wake up every morning uh, excited and uh, eager to get on with the day. Mm. So, well, yeah, I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. Okay. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, Say, St. Brian, do you want to share with everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do and your training experience and stuff? Just a brief bio so everyone kind of knows who we're talking to today. Yeah, so thanks, Dicey Hing. So um, I've been training for since early 1996, commenced at Elder Street, um, and have been I had a bit of a hiatus because I've got three children three teenage <laughs> children um, so I had a bit of a hiatus just after we moved to Jollymont um, really to focus on bringing up the children yep. um, and then back at training probably four or five maybe five years ago mm. um, to Leaderville but um, but even through that time that I wasn't training I was still in contact with, with Sifu um, yeah so a long journey and in that time well, you know I reflect on it recently um, you know when I commenced training I'd just joined the police mm. as a 19 year old I remember looking through the yellow pages <laughs> it was thick back in those days <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we had, still have yellow pages oh, today, we, had, do we? we had dial up connection we oh, had, yes. you know yeah. we had the, the phone where you put your finger in the dials <laughs> and you spin it around fax machines uh, fax machines we love fax machines it was it was all <laughs> happening back then so the yellow pages and, and I the ad jumped out at me the, the Malcolm Sir Kung Fu School as it was t- at the time and I tried many styles over the years, different types, not really kung fu. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would have, honestly, since the age of five, um, started with judo, did the judo, karate, taekwondo, but aikido, hapkido, ninjutsu, boxing. But but there was nothing connecting. So for me, it's more than the physical. There needs to be some some energetic... um, connection um sort of a spiritual connection so and and from day one uh, even back then it was a bit different uh, the the school at the time but there was something um about the energy or the people in the place that that i stuck and the form you know, i love the form and style um yeah so through that journey 26 years um lot, lots happens in life for mm. anyone over that period of time but policing and moved off into heading the security for Crown so I've been there for about 15 years and three teenage children so yeah since 96 to now <laughs> um, a lot lot of lot to reflect on and, and like anything it's just a, a real you get your challenges but you know ultimately a lot of positivity in that mm-hmm. well sorry I was trying to keep it short but no that was good I was shorter than I thought it would be anyway I can I can talk <laughs> <laughs> if you let me go. Yeah. Well, we've got six hours on the yeah, I was just capacity here. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, are there any questions you want to ask? Well, I, <clears throat> when you said 96, I just then realised that when you when you started, uh, I know, I know you, it, it, that it has been 20-odd years, but then hearing 96 then took me a flashback to when Jung was actually one year old. Mm-hmm. So when you started, you would have seen Jung mm. at one, running around, still nappies, uh, running through Elder Street, 
he would have had at some point that little blue electric toy car that he would mm-hmm. sit in and drive around. It's a Lamborghini, I think. It was a Lamborghini. <laughs> it was yes. cool. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. Oh, look. When I think about even um, with my first child, Caitlin, who's you know just over eighteen now, and um, even when Val and I um, met, um, that was. I remember standing outside. Um, if I talk about my marriage, talking outside uh, outside the the school just before going in mm. and speaking to my soon to be brother in law, mm. saying, um, "Is it okay if I um, date your sister?" Is that <laughs> Out, right? Outside training before I went in, <laughs> and then then there was a marriage, and then I remember her sort of bringing Caitlin in in a pram as a baby to sit there yeah. to wait for me to finish training. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's you know that journey's um, wow. It's more than just the the martial art. There's so mm. much more to it. Um, and and then with uh, Dicey Hing, that that sort of age, and you know, seeing him and and you go, uh, and Simo at the time with the uh, treatment to mm. see that journey from uh, you know an observer's perspective, and then we ref- we've reflected on it many times. But the um, the running around with Dicey Hing as a knee height or a grasshopper, like William at the moment, doing exactly. sort of demos and yeah. wanting to play, and mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. So you get into a bit of a time warp, don't we? True. Mm. Back. Wow. Yes, I'm starting to remember those. Like, and actually see see moments in there. Wow, that's I'll, a long time ago. I'll, I'll never forget, um, uh, as we used to call it, uh, Mop Sao Jong. Oh yes. <laughs> this trainee mopping the floors of Elder Street. Yeah, <laughs> we had it. Oh, was we were expert moppers at the time. The way you could flip that mop around, yeah, clean true. the floor. That was a that's a, it was a thousand square meters of floor as well, mind you. It yeah. was a lot of floor. Yeah, we used to mm. get through it reasonably well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> true. Well, but it's one of those. It's really um, interesting to reflect on. It doesn't matter what it is to sort of take that time to to go to go back to those places and 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 you can sort of reflect on the journey you know life's journey and mm. where you are now and where you were back then and what life was like then and um and hopefully for most people when you get the opportunity to look at that um you look at the growth and the experiences you know and there's as i say the um you know there, there's always challenges that's life but you know there's memories is we just you know, on a micro level, reflected on this really positive, mm. heartwarming sort of stuff. Mm. 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 Yeah, well, as I said in the uh, intro, we talk about what we experience through our practice. So lately, have you guys notice any notice any reflections through the practice in the day to day life? <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh because. <coughs> Yes, I have, <coughs> but, I, <laughs> uh, but I'll go last because um, <laughs> otherwise I'll just take up all the time. Five and a half hours. Okay. Yes, it's a it's a good question. Um, it was it was funny. I've just moved in like a week uh, ago to my new house, and um, I've got the the rings out, and I yep. was. 
That's Simple. iron rings for the iron listeners. Rings. Sorry, uh, iron rings. <laughs> iron the the rings we put on our wrists, not on our fingers. <laughs> yes, yes. We got my rings out. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> be like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, iron rings. Yeah, <laughs> like that, like the movie, the Marvel. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah, what is Sh- Shang Chi. Oh, yeah. is there a Marvel movie that has a character with iron rings? Yeah, I want those rings. It's based on the rings. Yeah. Supernatural. Really? Supernatural rings. They do some yeah. amazing things. Oh wow! But they're it's they're really movie. like fitting. They look like a bracelet, really. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ours yeah. are just weight. Yes. Yeah. And his clearly aren't heavy enough because no, he's doing some cool moves with it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and people aren't complaining to say they're really loud. They <laughs> yeah. <crash> together. <laughs> so I was thinking about my neighbours, thinking I've got to get back in my rings, but the neighbour, although it's like. Um, uh, the neighbourhood is reasonably. It's it's a lot of young, young families. But all of a sudden, I just think I've got a loud motorbike. The kids are at the back, yelling, playing, but um, table tennis or the dogs are barking. It's just mayhem. It's like, you know, um, next thing they're going to have the clinging and clanging of iron rings. Although I try to suppress the sound, but um, for me, uh, I think what's really important and what I get from my training and what I've been reflecting on recently is um, the grounding grounding just mm. and when I train you know there's there's nothing on my feet I'm out the back I'm either standing on the artificial grass or on the on the paving but it's that connection um, to the to the ground um, and and through doing that when I feel grounded then I'm able apart from practicing whatever I'm practicing technique wise with the rings without or, or Tai Chi, um, it allows me to sort of just go within into into quite a meditative spa, uh, space, but also to feel whether it's rings to feel the the fatiguing of the muscles, or I can feel the tightening. You know, if I'm tightening my traps to release, it's just it really allows me to to go within and acknowledge whatever I need to acknowledge, and not be distracted by the outside yep. uh, world for a period of time, which is um, which is a nice space to be in. So that that's not necessarily just recent, but I've been reflecting on it a lot more recently. Mm. Okay. Cool. Of course. Um, of co- I say of course. Uh, listeners um, hear our voices, but uh, if they f- follow us, if you're listening and you'd want to follow us more uh, closely, I guess in time... Um, you'll get to know us a bit better. Um, but I'm sure our listeners would un- would appreciate that when life presents different challenges, uh, then it, that's an opportunity for us to to sink or swim, really. We can either be at the effect of the challenge and have uh, have our entire life change in a in a negative, in inverted commas, in a negative way. Or at the same time, we can embrace the challenge, however painful and difficult the feelings are to be with, and um, discover that there is a flip side. That yes, life will never be the same, that's true, but at the same time, uh, it, it can be a change for positive to take us out. And I've certainly experienced that in, uh, in the last, or well, since mid-December so it's not even a month mm. I've experienced that myself as well which I can mm. share a bit later but I don't know mm. 
Jungle. Why not? You right? asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? All right. So, um, <laughs> what, what, else, what else are we doing this morning? Well, cars, cars, cars are an amazing thing. Cars. I'll, I'll start with that because okay, I've had this We're wonderful going car. Off the yeah. <laughs> this uh, I've had a wonderful car. A friend of mine and student David um, bought his Skoda from him. And uh, two and a half years ago, fabulous car. Was it two and a half years ago? Yeah, it was two and a half years ago. But within weeks, the gearbox blew up. And, um, well, I say blew up. I mean, in the old days, that's what would happen to a gearbox. Nowadays, Mm. there's electronic parts to it and all sorts of things. So the brain of the gearbox blew up. And we spent a substantial amount of money fixing it. Um, He was very generous and wanted to contribute 50% because he felt horrible that within a month the car stopped working and uh, I was very grateful for that. Well, we, we were, Marianne and I, were very grateful for that. Didn't expect it, um, but it was very helpful. Anyway, two and a half years later, the same thing happens again. So the gearbox, the same part, that was brand new, two and a half years, breaks down, 60,000 kilometres into it, right? And... Uh, so the transmission shop that fixed it said, look, we'll ring Skoda Australia and say, come on, guys, you know, you can't have a major component in a car mm. Mm. Um, just fail like that after 60,000 kilometres. Yeah. It wasn't even 60,000. Right? Yeah. So the, the response from Skoda Australia was two questions. How many kilometres were on it when you first fixed it? And it was like 70,000 Ks. Mm. How many kilometres has it done since the first fix? And it was like 60,000 Ks. So then the response was, well, what more do you need? What, what do you expect? <laughs> wow. Our tran- yeah, our transition guy, transmission guy said, well, um, you're, you guys aren't going to contribute to the fix? Is that what you're saying? That just because that part got the same lifespan, that's the standard, is that the standard? And Skoda Australia wouldn't answer that question, but they answered it with a question, which is, what more do you want? Right. Oh, which was horrible. So anyone out there is thinking of buying uh, an older Skoda, don't do it. Um, And and that Skoda was a 2009, Mm. it was, so it's not not ancient. It's not that old, huh? It's not ancient, so anybody out there... Don't buy Skoda. Um, and we're not bagging Skoda. It's just first-hand experience. Yeah, so no, I'm not bagging <laughs> Skoda at all. It's, it's a lovely drive. Yeah. It is really a lovely drive. Like, mm. you know, Jung, you borrowed it yeah. whilst you were waiting for your new car. Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful car to drive. Like, I actually missed the, the Skoda when we drove down to Denmark and back. I missed the drive experience because it's big, it's heavy, it's powerful, it's safe, it's sure, it's on the road. Mm-hmm. And you put the foot down, and you know you're going to do enough speed very quickly to pass the cars, mm. right? Because that's what it's built for, and there's lots of space in it. Right? You can stretch out and cross your legs on the seat, and you know it's a it's a limo mm. in the back and a limo in the front. It's, it's great, very comfortable. It's just you know major components like the gearbox will just stop working after two years. <laughs> so that's yeah, an expensive wow. car to keep on the road. So the quote was $7,000 to get new part from Germany and the transmission guy said, uh, he said, you know, 
that's how much it's going to cost if you want it. But he said, but think about this. You don't put in, you know, that, that mechatronic, which is the part that failed, is the computer brain of the gearbox, mm. is one of three parts to the entire gearbox assembly. So you've got the clutch that bolts onto the front, you've got the gears that are in the middle, and then you've got the mechatronic that makes it all work at the back. He says it's really unwise to put a new mechatronic onto old gears mm. and old gear and clutch because to fix anything, like if you want to replace the clutch, which it'll need, it's mm. still the original clutch, the whole unit has to be unbolted. So whilst it's out, instead of paying for the labour of it going in and out, the gearbox in and out of the vehicle twice, you might as well fix these things. So $7,000 is just the start because you want to renew the gears and service them and you want to renew the clutch. And then you've got to consider it's a 2009 vehicle. Mm. Like how much longer do you, you do want to keep yeah. the car, right? So I said, all right, well, what's, what's the go? And he says, well, the easiest thing is to get a second-hand gearbox out of a wrecked car. And because Skoda and VW are the same vehicle, they come out of the same factory, he says you can, we'll find a VW. So short story is for $3,000 instead of $7,000 for the mechatronic only, mm. for $3,000 we got a second-hand gearbox, all three pieces, from a wrecked 2012 VW Passat mm. out of Adelaide. Wow. Yeah, Adelaide. Um, so it was, a, you know, in inverted commas, a cheap fix. Yeah. So we've got... Um, and the later model gearbox. So uh, apparently this gearbox had fixed all the problems <laughs> of the last gearbox, the model before. But as my mechanic said, he says, you need to get rid of this car because mm. there's something about this particular car or this particular yeah. model, you know, all the rest of it. So um, short story is uh, Jung was buying a new car and I said, hey, well, why don't we just pay you the what the dealership was going to pay you for your trade-in and we'll buy your car from you before we go on this long five-hour trip down south mm. for holidays because the last yeah. thing I want is a Skoda to stop anywhere between Perth and Denmark or in Denmark. Because oh, yeah. then it's like, well, what do I do now? And it's it's going to cost a fortune to tow. Yeah. I might as well just kiss the whole car mm. and say kiss it goodbye if it breaks down anywhere <laughs> between uh, Armadale and Denmark. Because anywhere outside Armadale, it's going to cost an arm and a leg to actually get back. Mm. Yeah. So we did that. And it was great. It was a great drive down and back until the last day we were coming home. We had the car packed. This is New Year's Day. And William and Isabella said goodbye to their grandparents, kisses and hugs. They, <laughs> I strapped William in. <laughs> Car's packed. <laughs> Simo and I get in the car. I turn the key. Tick, 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 tick. Oh, no. Oh, no. And everyone looks at I look in the rear vision mirror. And I go... Eyeballs. <laughs> like, William and Isabella's eyeballs were just, I could only see white. And I went, tick, 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 tick. And I look over at Simo and she's looking at me and she goes, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Not a good sound. They're Not a good sound. And I said, I think it's the battery. <sighs> okay, let's call the RAC. So the RAC 
our act and say, Sir, we're really sorry. We were going to call you in an hour and let you know that we're coming, but the, the RAC technician in Denmark isn't working today. Oh. We'll be working tomorrow from 7am. Mount Barker isn't working for the next few days. Uh, what's the town west of where the treetop walk is? There. West. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. because Warpole. Warpole. Warpole, which is only half an hour away. Mm. Uh, they're not working indefinitely. I said, oh, okay, that's not a good sound. Um, and the only – so Albany is not working. Denmark's not working. Warpole has closed down. So the only, <laughs> the only option is Mount Barker. And they said, um, do you want me to call Mount Barker? Because we will. Otherwise, if you can stay one night, then 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, um, Denmark can come to you. Mm. So I looked at everyone, we looked at the clock, and we thought, wow, if Mount, even if Mount Barker comes, we won't be driving out until after 3 mm. p.m., and that's the wrong time to be on the road, yeah. especially through the forest and stuff. So I um, spoke to our family, and they said, just stay one more night. Oh, but William was so distressed. He was so sad. He was crying, going, I just want to be home. Because we had, you know, all of the packing up and saying goodbye oh, yeah. and all that stuff. So it was quite quite upsetting. Anyway, so we got home. Got a new battery next morning and then drove without a problem. Then uh, we had a week in Swan Valley, uh, which we had planned. And in that week, I was just going to drive in and do classes. It was, uh, you know, like we were at 50% capacity work capacities and no one really is at work so only pre-planned classes my private lessons and the aged care and different groups specialized groups parkinson's etc so we had those and i really enjoy those classes anyway i mean i enjoy your classes but you know when you're on holidays you you really want to be quite uh discerning about how much what what sort of work one engages with and um so I noticed that the community aspect of it, because we see each other as part of the community, we really wanted to see each other again, and I wanted to see them. So we had a two-week break, and it was very easy to slip into that. Mm. Oh, I realised very quickly that I w- don't want to live in Ellenbrook because it's the the half an hour drive out yeah. and a half an hour drive back. Wow, that chewed up my day mm. big time. Mm. And fuel. Like, I used half a tank of fuel in three days. Yeah, and normally the whole tank lasts me a week, mm. and in the Skoda it would be nearly two weeks because it's a diesel. No, three days, and I was halfway. I thought, "Wow, this is expensive." You know, going in and out. Mm. Um, then we get home, and Simo's doing the shopping, for the grocery shopping for the week on Monday. This is Monday fortnight ago. Is that Monday fortnight? No, Monday week ago. So not Monday, not tomorrow's last Monday, the Monday before. Um, I can't even get my date. So like I said before, third, I've... I, Monday would have been the 3rd of Jan. No, the, so we're weekend. talking the 10th. Okay. So on the 10th, um, well, what's the date today? 16th. Yes, correct. Yep. So on the 10th, on the 10th... Um, our property manager rings us and says, uh, we're really sorry, but we, we won't be able to renew your lease. 
because we've got family from the owner has family from Italy that are migrating and they need the house back. So, uh, needless to say, that was very distressing because mm. you know they wanted us there as tenants, long term tenants. They were talking five to seven years. They was, they kept saying to us, you know, we'd really love you to be here for five or seven years. And it's genuine, absolutely <coughs> genuine. We know the the father of the owner. He's he's our neighbour, just two doors up, and um, there's there is no reason to doubt that at all. I think it's it's a COVID reality mm-hmm. that uh, particularly Australia and even more particularly Perth, Western Australia, that um, migrant families would be looking at helping family their own family who are suffering from the intense COVID experience overseas to bring them here. If they had any opportunity, any any resource, any capacity to bring them here, that makes perfect sense. So they're doing that. So we got notice that uh, we need to move again. And that was devastating for Simo. She was just doing her best to hold back the tears, walking through Woolies aisles, you know, uh, doing the shopping. I didn't know, she told me when we got home, when I got home, and it's like, wow, that was Monday uh, a week ago. And uh, so we sat back and we had to think about this because this move would be three times in three years, mm. right, moving out of this house. And we had to really consider our plans because we've been saving money for a deposit. We've been preparing ourselves to buy a home that we don't want to move from. So looking at... Isabella and William, she's tw- Isabella's 12, William's turning four next month. What what type of home do we need to keep them there whilst they go through primary school, high school, right, and finish? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So by our family home, and um, we weren't ready for that. In our head, we weren't ready for that. Uh, so we had to kind of ask the question, do we want to rent again? and be at the effect of a contract and unknown factors, or do we just buy what we can afford even though it's not, the f- in inverted commas, the family home for the next 10, 15 years? Um, and deal with the change as it's going. So we opted for the buy. Mm. And we thought, well... Why don't we just buy what we can afford and look at it again in five years? Because in five years' time, Isabella will be halfway through high school. William will be halfway through primary school. Physically, they're bigger humans, Mm. so they take up more space. I know that's maybe a crazy thing to consider for some of our listeners, but that's what happens when you're... You have a family, children take up more space and they need more space Mm -hmm. from each other as well as from from parents and for each other. And when you're all together, you need more space even at a dining table. Uh, I've noticed that just with William growing up. Mm -hmm. We need physically more space. So we thought, all right, well, we deliberated on it and we did some research, as anyone would, and visited homes and did drive-bys because they weren't open. hope they weren't too violent. (laughs) (laughs) And we ended up saying, we're going to buy. And um, I got an amazing experience in all of it. And when we first started, don't you say, you remember after training that Tuesday, 
you said, oh, you know, you you could also look at um, mm. St Andrews. What uh, was that? Oh, Alexander Heights. Alexander Heights. Yeah. yeah, Alexander Heights. And I thought, okay, so we've got from Balcatta, we've got a budget. We've got from Balcatta to Balga to Alexander Heights to Nolamara. We couldn't mm. get any closer to Nolamara because the prices jump up like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Really quickly, mm. right? Like across the road yeah. from the north side of Morley Drive to the south side of Morley Drive, literally a, th- mm. a stone throw, literally is a hundred thousand dollar difference for the same configuration of house. Mm. So you know, our budget was mid four hundreds, and we couldn't, we just couldn't get anything big enough on on this south side of Morley Drive. Um. And it was a brain fog for me. Like, we had 40, 40 properties. I had looked at 40 properties around from in that boundary, from Balcatta, you know, west, north, up to Balga. And you got more bang for buck as we went further north mm. to Alexander Heights and back down to Nolamara. So that big rectangle... It was crazy. It was like I couldn't make a decision. It was ev- everything and nothing fit, mm. Mm. right? So it took us a couple of days and one night Simo said to me after I'd done my practice and I really noticed, getting back to your question, Jung, I really noticed that I lent into my practice even more in that week. It was like my practice wasn't just practice. It was like it was my lifesaver. I really need to do this. You know, it's a very mm. stressful time. I think moving mm. house mm. is one of the top five stresses, right, for us humans. And um, so, so one night as we're, the kids were in bed and we're, you know, looking through, I'm looking, I'm looking through. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Um, I'm looking through realestate.com.au on my phone, right, as yeah. you do. Oh, yeah. And Simo's doing the same but on her laptop and we're flicking each other properties that we can see. You know, I would do the northwest and she would do the east-west, uh, the east, the northeast uh, quadrant of the rectangle and we'd try to narrow it down. And eventually we looked at each other and we go, why don't we just get something for the next five years? Right? Because mm. I asked her, I said... How do you feel about moving again? She goes, I don't mind moving, just not next year. Yeah. Uh, she said, I'd be happy to move in five years' time. I don't want to buy a house. She said, I don't need to buy a house and never move. I don't mind moving, but no sooner than five years. And I said, okay, well, that's one boundary. And then we talked about lifestyle change, like if we lived Alexander Heights, mm. how much time, like we're looking at the – the the number of minutes it was from our respective work, yeah. right? So for myself to Leadville Town Hall and for herself to Northbridge and just adding on another eight minutes and we're thinking, well, what would that do? What, what time do we get up, mm. all right? And therefore, it's not walking distance to school or daycare. So we have to then factor in driving and pausing and saying goodbye and doing the drop-off, right? And all of a sudden, we kind of went, wow, yes, no, Alexander Heights isn't going to do. Actually, Dianella's not going to do either. For those of us who live in Perth, you get what I'm saying. 
And then we suddenly got right down to we don't we we are going to we only need it for five years. We we don't want to lose time in life and substitute that with travel mm. because the kids are little, right? If they're teenagers like yours, it, it doesn't matter because mm. they're off doing their own thing, right? Mm. Public transport or car or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the final question was, do we want to – we separated properties that were not ideal now that had redevelopment potential, mm. <laughs> right? So – 780 square metres that had R40 that you can, put, you can build three units on mm. but had a, a very old 1950s build house with three tiny little bedrooms. One you can put a double in and the other two singles. A tiny lounge, an old kitchen, like really original kitchen from the mm. 50s with electric stovetop with four tiny little burners yeah. And no range hood, you know, no, yeah, all yeah. of these things. It's like, well, yeah. this is not the time of life for us because all that does is stress all of us out every yeah. day until yeah. we can rebuild. In other words, we'll be living in in uh, make-do for five more years. Mm. Oh, no, we can't do that. That's yeah. just not good for our mental health, no. right? Sure, it's better for us financially and long-term, but, uh, you know, balancing that up with the here and now the here and now is, we, what is the most loving choice for us as a family? Not what is the most uh, financially beneficial for the family. That's two different yeah. questions. Yeah. Both valid, but valid at different times of life. Mm. So we ended up narrowing it down to, right, we're currently paying 450 bucks a week in rent. We, currently, we, we narrowed it down to this one question, and Simo came up with this question. She says, maybe the question is, when we walk into a house, would we rent this? That's it, right? So if we would rent it for 450 bucks a week, we could buy it. Mm. If we wouldn't rent it for 450 bucks a week, because I wouldn't rent mm. something in Balga that's right next to Reed Highway. Sure, mm. it has 780 square metres and it's R40, but if I'm not the owner, that is of no benefit to me, mm. right? So I wouldn't pay 450 bucks to live in a shoebox surrounded by a desert because it's 780 square metres of brown, dried-up grass and dirt, yeah. right, because it's been hot in Perth and all the rest of it, with no trees, mm. <laughs> right? So it's going to take years for us to grow a garden, and Sima's very good at that. She can trans, trans, transform the space in a year, no problem, but it takes energy, mm. and it's very stressful at work because she's frontline mental health. She doesn't have the time for that. She doesn't want to come home. She actually said it. She said, it, I, I would hate to come home thinking I had to water the garden or it would die. Mm. Yep. Or I had to do some planting. Uh, you know, it's a recreational thing, not a survival thing. Mm. So it's very different. So all of a sudden, this is my lesson, my learning in all of it. And it's the same as my practice. And I can see the similarity now. We narrowed it down by tightening the boundaries and on the outside it looked like we were limiting our options. That's what it looks like on the outside. But this is my personal feeling. This is exactly how I felt it. The moment, at the moment, before we narrowed it down, it was a brain fog. There was too much choice. Like I, I could, 
at 40 properties. Half of them fit, half of them didn't fit. At the same time, the ones that didn't fit, fit, and the ones that fit, didn't fit. I could find pros and cons in all of those properties. So in other words, I had 40 to choose from. Brain fog. Too much choice. Mm-hmm. I think you're at a buffet. Yeah, like at a buffet. And you end up you end up eating too much. Yeah, right at yeah, a buffet. Because you go oh, a little bit of that, mm-hmm. a little bit of that. I can't miss out on that. But I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't ever get this. Mm-hmm. But then I wouldn't cook this either. So then I, yeah, <laughs> you just exactly you do all that. Yeah, yeah. And the moment the moment we narrowed it down to that one question, which is, would we rent this? It it the the doorway just tightened right up. So that I thought we would have little option, but the actual feeling was complete relief, complete mm. confidence, and my options opened up. So it's like, wow, I can buy any one of these four properties that are showing up right now and they would fit. And they fit in our budget and they this and that and this and that, right? So all of a sudden I went from, from the feeling of despair because there was too much choice to the feeling of confidence and gratefulness and eager. I was eager to get to it. It's like, oh, mm. I can't wait till tomorrow morning I make some phone calls, yeah. right? Uh, because this is exciting now. This is exciting. There's own, is one of those four is going to be our home. Mm. And then the next brilliant thing was on the next day, so that was Tuesday, so next day, Wednesday, I'm right here in the studio. I'm right here. And I get a message from realestate.com.au pinging me that there's a new property that's been released three hours ago. So I look at it and I go, oh, my God, it's the one that an ex-student of mine, of ours, David Weir, said that might come up, on, might come up for sale, is now for sale. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to call him, right, S- see if we can get an inspection because it's the perfect property. Mm-hmm. So now it's five perfect properties that we can buy. All fit the bill of would we rent this, right? Mm-hmm. It was open on Sunday. This is Wednesday. And I said to him, uh, well, Simo said, can we get in before Sunday? I said, I'll ask. Mm-hmm. So I ring him. I say, is there any possibility? And he says, no, unfortunately not because the owners have built their home and they need it to Sunday to actually get the uh, home ready so, yeah. they can, mm-hmm. so they can have a showing. So we still kept looking at properties, right, from Wednesday. So we had made appointments Thursday, Friday. We went to home open Saturday. And it was one of three on Sunday. It was the first of three on Sunday because new properties kept popping up. And uh, we as a family knew that was our home. Hmm. So that we had a strategy. And we said, right, my job is to get the first offer on the table. Simo and the kids, their job was to do the inspection. And that was all I did. Met, the, uh, met David outside, said hello, told him that we're going to put an offer in. Mm-hmm. Right? We got there early, told him we're going to put an offer in today. And he says, yep, no problem. And uh, started asking the right questions. And then I'm just, look, I, I haven't seen the property yet. I've seen it on the internet, mm. right? Mm. I haven't seen it. I've walked in to the lounge and the kitchen and I'm standing there in the lounge talking to him. And I'm looking at Simo. She's walking around. I'm just looking at her facial expression. Mm. That was it. 
And finally, it was they'd seen the whole house back and front and upstairs, and she gave me the 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 look that says, yeah, this is it. I said, all right, David, I'm going to write up an offer now. How do we do this? He says, I'll use the bonnet on my car. Do you need a pen? I said, absolutely. So that was it. We were the first mm-hmm. offer down. That was Sunday. We still had two more home opens to go to. That was Sunday mm. um, at quarter past 12. Within 12 hours, we were homeowners. Mm. There was a little bit of negotiation, but we were homeowners. And we went to the next home open, but not the third because we had to check in. We go, well, if this doesn't go through because someone outbids us, because everyone has a limited budget, mm. if if we get outbidded, we at least have one other option that we said, yes, this is this is the go. And spoke to the agent and said, told them we've got an offer in. If it falls through, we'd like to place an offer on this property. And that was it. Mm. Right. So... How does this all relate to my daily practice? I lent on my daily practice to keep me centred, number one. Number two, four years ago, I said that my daily practice would only be one thing, and that was the Yilu. So I narrowed it right down, not sometimes like, like I have done all my life. Sometimes it's iron rings, sometimes it's wushu, sometimes it's hand drill, sometimes it's weapons, sometimes it's line dancing. Sometimes it's pad work. Every day of my life, I did some training. It was my daily practice. But I had a huge variety. Four years ago, just by chance, I say by chance because I didn't design it that way. It was just, it was a personal challenge. It wasn't like this, this, uh, you know, worldly wisdom-filled decision I made. (laughs) It wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was just competitive me who wanted to check out what, 10,000, the 10,000 rule felt like. Mm. Uh, one thing, Yilu. That was the only thing. And it actually means it's sustainable because I only do one thing. And I go deep into that one thing. Now, from this experience, from only a week and a half ago, I'm even looking, I view my career the same way. How the business operates the same way. Just one thing. Go deep until we reach the end before we start the next thing. And go deep until we reach the end. So it's been a huge learning experience for me. Uh, and one of the, what the... I don't like Facebook. I'm not saying I don't use Facebook. I use Facebook. The, the reason why I don't like Facebook is because the options are endless. Mm. The feed that comes mm. up is a constant distraction. Mm. And I don't feel better after having spent time on Facebook. Mm. Maybe because my parameters are too big, I don't, I don't know. But I actually don't feel relief after having been on. I feel confused because there's too much to look at. I actually feel like there's less time in the day for me to really connect with something because the feed is endless. So it's, it's giving me less, not giving me more. It's, this, it's the same thing as, you know, there are four suburbs that we could actually buy a house in and it was impossible to make a decision. I felt mm. more pressure from having too many options than 
only one. Mm. Funny enough, during that week I listened to a Buddhist podcast and that's one of the Buddhist principles, mm. right? The, the, the monk who was interviewed was asked, you know, how often do monks practice? And he says, well, I do it two hours a day, but some of his teachers practice eight, 12 hours a day. They mm. just do one thing mm. and only one thing. Why they feel so much joy. And it was a, it was a podcast around joyfulness, so I, I get it now, right? Mm. I get it. It's like the tide of the boundaries, and it's the same. I mean, you and I say, saying we're we're fathers, uh, raising children to be good humans is not about freedom. It's also not about dictatorship, but it's actually about clear boundaries. And the clearer the boundaries, the tighter they are, uh, the better the result, really. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah, I agree. So, um, you know, fi- finding that, finding that space. I, I my, personally, for me, finding that space of clarity is very challenging, particularly in this day and time where um, this is the beginning of the third year of Corona virus, living in a new world, and. There's certainly here in Perth, there's, uh, I can feel a uh, elevated level of anxiety around in the community. Mm. That's a generalisation. I'm, I'm mm. not a scientist and there's no machine that measured that. But it's just my anecdotal noticing, going to the shops and talking to people, you know, filling my car up with fuel and... The attendant behind the counter, first thing they say is they're talking about, which is I'm, I'm not looking forward to the 5th of February. <laughs> That's the first thing. I don't even know her, right? Mm. So there's an elevated level of anxiety around and therefore it makes perfect sense that we start searching for a, a solution to my anxiety. So, you know, and listeners, you can't see this, but I'm, I'm activating my thumb like I'm using my smartphone and I think that that's really dangerous, that actually that will lead us to more harm and a greater sense of anxiety than if we focus on one thing, discover what it is that feeds our heart, makes our heart sing, that is good for us, mind, body and spirit, that helps centre us and ground us and put our energy into doing one thing every day, just one. It doesn't have to be forever as in it doesn't have to take up the whole day. It could be just five minutes, ten minutes, depending on the activity, right? We're all different humans. Mm. For me, it's 40 euros a day. Uh, For others, it might be playing their favourite musical instrument, uh, drawing, reading, walking, climbing, swimming. It could be whatever it happens to be, riding your motorcycle, whatever, but it's just one thing. One thing that feeds our soul, makes our heart sing centers us as humans. So that's you know, that's my noticing. Mm. You see, I told you I was going to take a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, Sophie, because when you were talking, I was thinking that I've got my, my practice, but also what I've found in the past um, year and a half was um, um, meditation. Mm. is something that I do daily for half an hour ideally um, and there's a there's a spot um, just north of Hillary's a beach that um, 
early evening. There is no one as far as the eye can see. It's just a matter of times so I've been there. Don't tell and, us. And I, that's what Don't I'm telling you. Yeah. Secret um, location. Beach, but it's just, I, I sit there on the sand and look, and I could be there for an hour and not see a single soul. Mm. It's just you and nature. And um, finding that stillness in amongst all the chaos of life and Facebook and news and everything else, which I, I, I'm similar to in, in the way that um, um, I I jump on Facebook every now and again just to see if my family's posted anything overseas. But mm. other than that, I haven't got many feeds. Um, I created an Instagram page actually um, about a year and a half ago um, called Daily Love Light and I just post positive um, affirmations or pictures of nature. I've probably nice. posted about 450, I think, at the moment. But mm. it's not a huge following base, but I just want to share something positive because there is so much, and as you say, it's anecdotal, but it's it's there, the feeling of so much um, tension and anxiety, confusion um, in this state and across the globe. And mm. I think it's really important that if we find something to practice on a daily basis, it brings us back to ourselves. And if we can, in that stillness, um, create ourselves to be in a more positive space, and and look, we're not going to be positive all the time, we're human, but if we can generate through that practice, whatever that might be, some stillness, bringing back to self, then we're going to be better for ourselves and better for those around us. And the more that more people can do that and create more of a, a positive energy, then I think the better it is for our community, you know, as much as we can do one, one little bit at a time. So I found that. Um, and last year, if I look at uh, 2021, I mean, <laughs> 2020, <laughs> I remember many people at the end of 2020 going, 2021, it's going to be better. <laughs> New year. <laughs> yeah. And so in 2022, I, I, um, I, I live as much as I can with a positive but realistic mindset that um, – because every year, as I said earlier, it's going to provide us challenges. That's life. But mm. um, I don't necessarily set too, high, too many high expectations. I just focus a day at a time and focus on what I can do that's within my control, um, my span of control, and make sure I have my healthy sort of boundaries in place or my, my sort of routines that work for me and for the family. But, um, you know, who knows what this year will be. But when I look at last year, you know, and there was, there was a lot going on. And at the end of the year, apart from coming into Christmas and the new year period, um, I was selling, well, you know, where I work at, at Crown. There's no secret here because I was on the Royal Commission. So <laughs> I said to my son, I'm a... I'm on YouTube before you are as a <laughs> three hours. Unfortunately, it was three hours on a stand. But Wait, actually? Sorry? It's on YouTube. Mm. Wow. Yeah, the Perth Casino Royal Commission, everyone that gave evidence is on for, your, your evidence for, is on yeah, yeah. YouTube. Wow. So it was live streamed at the time. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of, so we had COVID, but a lot of chaos um, to a degree. I mean, there's a lot of really good, really intelligent people um, that um, that went through a lot in that period of time. Mm. For me, I've given evidence many times in the police and 
different commissions, but uh, Royal Commission's different. There was people there that have been accountants their entire life that all of a sudden are thrust into the, the public spotlight and media taking photos of them leaving. And that really had an uh, impact on, on some people, but, uh, pe- but the group, you know, bandied together and navigated themselves uh, through that. But I had um, the commission and, the, and just the, the energy around the place was quite challenging for many um, I had um, obviously you know marital separation um, looking after my th- three teenage children and trying to help them as well as well as myself navigate mm. uh, through those those challenges um, and then towards the end of the year um, trying to find a house and, mm. and I was maybe stubbornly but I, I really wanted the kids to have you know, they'd been in a home for 18 years um, and I wanted a home. I didn't want to. I wanted to avoid rent as much as possible mm. for that, you know, just for that stability for them and just the feeling that that's their, their place. Mm. So I was hell-bent on that. Um, and I've got pets as well, so finding a rental that allows that is just it's just few and far between and they charge exorbitant prices. So, you know, heading into Christmas and I was doing the real estate dot com and I'm yes. I'm also thinking on the background of, you know, there's court paperwork and there's what you know, there's negotiations on monetary splits and I'm um and then I've got work and, and commissions and the demands of, you know, senior management position. And um and thankfully the the place that I did end up uh, ultimately finding, I turned up and prior to that, in the area I was looking, most home opens were probably 15 to 20 groups through um, people were mm. offering and having it accepted before the home opens. And mm. I'm thinking, well... Um, but there was just something within me that just that just knew something would work out and just sort of, you know, keep the faith and things will, things will unfold the way they're meant to. And, and when I walked into this house, I thought, this is really good. And I'm standing there... The real estate agent was open about the offers that had gone in just recently, said, Look, this place has got to sell by tomorrow. Um, a lot of people around, but I'm listening and they're all going, oh, it's too small or it's this or it's that. And I'm just like thinking, well, oh, this is, I've got some budget here to play with and this is this is, seems to be good. And within 12 hours, I think it was, it was, it was, um, it was mine. And then navigated through the challenges of selling my own place, which is, mm a big house um, and trying to keep it clean for home opens. It was a 36-year-old property, so ageing and things were falling apart. <laughs> so there's all these added expenses that I'm having to um, um, to work into the to the figures. But I looked back and went, you know, wow, I, went, I got through that, um, uh, which sort of gives you that... Um, yeah, a little bit of a, a boost in sort of confidence. Confidence that, geez, if I can navigate through that, then, I'm, you know, then something's working. Yeah. And, mm. and I put that back to, you know, that looking after myself. Because mm. if I can't, if I don't look after myself, how can I look after my family? How can mm, I look yeah. after my friends and the community? And that comes back to that that one thing. Or for me, you know, I, I do my practice, but I really find that whatever it is to to. Uh, to bring you back to yourself, um, then that's that's really important, mm. and that worked that worked for me because otherwise, you know, you just think, gosh, you know, how would I've the the year would have been if I hadn't have found some sort of practice or something to connect to myself, then it would have been even more of a challenging of year 
um, mm. for me, mm. you know, mm. and I wouldn't have had that um, um, that degree of stability for me and for the for the kids. Mm. Cool, cool. <clears throat> Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Ethan. Yeah, it well, was. Well, no, sorry, I did. I did notice it was. A, obviously, we've we've um, we've spent a lot of time together, and. Um, as a friend, it was very, it was very painful for me to to watch you go through your separation and divorce and kids and stuff. And it was, um, I must say, credit to you from the early days when you shared with me the news. Mm. Uh, you managed to. Not just hold yourself together, but I was very relieved that night at Leadville Town Hall where you came uh, for class and it was palatable, the difference in your outlook. Mm. Um, And I think something, you know, the penny dropped for you at some point and I felt great relief that seeing Brian is, is, is found his way. And uh, and we all have a different, you know, we all have a different way, a different way mm. of you know, not only just dealing with the conflict, but it's um, a dissolution of marriage is a is a huge deal. It's like none mm. of us get married with the intention of being divorced. And you and Val, mm. and she's a lovely lady, and I always have mm. time for her. Um, I've known you guys since. Before you married, uh, well, mm. known you since you before you married, and uh, yeah. known Val since you guys um, met, and it was having three children together, it's a huge investment of hope. You know, like when mm. I went through my first divorce with Jung's mum, my greatest pain was the I believed the, the story in my head at the time was my hope is now gone. Like all I ever wanted was a family and now it's being split apart. Mm. So hope had disappeared. Mm. And, and so, you know, it took me back to, oh, wow, I wonder uh, how seeing Brian's feeling because, God, it was shit for me. Uh, it was really tough. And mm. you had the Royal Commission going at the time. We, you know, you, mm. you, you're responsible for thousands of employees uh, and you had three teenage children at each person of course has uh, is a different personality and would be affected differently by it mm. but they're they're not adults still you know mm. like, and in a yeah. very um, a, a very critical time of life Mm. All times of life are critical. But teenage children, when they're discovering their own identity at the same time and yeah. suddenly home changes, mm. yeah, that's a big deal. So, yeah. you know, as a parent, that's uh, a realisation that we have that we try to protect our kids as best we can. We know we can't do that forever mm. through navigating through these really tough times. So you had a really, really tough time. And I was, um, I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Eva. And I am uh, so grateful for us to have this time together that we met 
all this time ago mm. and that, you know, it's 50-50. We, we both wanted to stay in contact yep. and we both contribute to our relationship. Um, and I really admire you and how you've navigated yourself through this really trying time. Like it's been really tough. Mm. Really tough. It's like it's a really tough time anyway mm. without having the disruption at home and dis- dis- disruption in your workplace. Uh, you know, and then where the whole world is mutually disrupted by coronavirus mm. you know, as a platform that we sit on like, like a canvas. You know, we all have the same tainted, painted canvas that mm-hmm. we work from. Um, so, um, well, well done. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm really, I really admire uh, how you've handled all of this. Thanks, Hifo. That mm. that um, that means a lot. And and I mean, look, li- likewise on the other side. I mean, you know, the time that we've known each other um, from you know, um, Dicey Hing and his challenges uh, as a baby with health. You know, some some real challenges. Not. Um, for you as an individual as a family at the time um, the changes in you know everything with Elder Street and relationships with um, your dad um, and then your first divorce and then you know there's been a lot there Sifu and it's um, you know when I think and I was only reflecting about this really recently with that time I was away from training even though I trained a bit by myself, but there was always something there, like a pull that I felt that I needed. It was really important in, t- in my life to be um, to be part of the academy, to be part of the style that I love, but even more so those sort of relationships. And, w- and with you, and, and, and I was thinking recently that, you know, there there is... There's something really important there because, as a, you know, I look at you as in many respects, Sifu as you know a friend, um, but but also as a as a mentor, that someone that has experienced so much in your life that um, with and with that becomes a lot of learnings and also wisdom that you know what I was going through. You know, you were there and Simo was there as well. And there were so many others there, but you know you had experienced what you had experienced, and those little snippets of sharing that you gave me um, helped me navigate through that as well. And I remember when I first left the house, and you said, "Why are you leaving?" And when I went, and I didn't feel right. And then when you said that, and I went home the next day, it felt right. So, and that empowered me to go, "No, I'm not." Leaving. This is my family. This is my house. This is my church. so all these. You know, when I when I look at other people that even some friends that I hadn't spoke to for a long time on Facebook, I just feel like I've got to contact you to see how you're going. And I'm like, wow, you know, the universe brings people together, particularly at times like this. So I knew um, how much support, how much love that I had, um, which was really important. That you have. Uh, sorry that I have. Sorry, I'm thinking that I had at the time, but I still, I still have. Thank, thanks. Yes, because I still love you, <laughs> and, and I do to you. And and it, but it was also for me. It was the it it was. I had to do this. 
I had to find my strength. I had to find my power that I'd lost to navigate myself through this because that would set me up so well for whatever comes my way in the years to come. But it just reinforced the amount of love and support that I have around me. Mm. So I felt that everyone was there. It's like the a, a, a child when it has its um, the training wheels on the bike. Oh, and yeah. At some stage, mum and dad are there and the, the, the training wheels are off. And they might grab the wheel. They might grab the handlebars at one stage to help, just to help steady you. Mm. But they're there, just guiding and letting you find your balance and find your way of staying upright. Mm. And that's, you know, that last year, that's what it felt like. Yeah, you know, um, coming from that love and support, but just being there, watching me. You know, and sometimes mm. a little bit more. You know, or have you thought about this or what about that or just that's an even SEMO that's natural in the grief process to go through have a look at the cycle and mm. just these and I did all I've, I've read more um, on a whole range of topics in the past year and a half whether it's podcasts YouTube books than I have in my entire life right but that um, education um you know, has just been um, just been amazing, and I was really conscious at the start. Although it was difficult to not be poor me, mm. victim, mm. Um, poor me, poor me, um, and um, yeah, there, there, there's you know, I feel really positive ultimately, yeah. mm. um, and really, really, really strong. But I know for the, the listeners, it's. Um, <laughs> Um, so a lot of information that are taken that's of a quite a sensitive and emotional nature, but mm. ultimately it comes back to that um, looking after yourself mm. and not just physically, it's the emotional, it's the spiritual. Mm. For me, it's the, the three is so important for um, you know as much longevity as you can get and as happy as you can possibly be. Mm. Mm. Um, but I feel with the academy... When I came home, it felt like, when I came home, after all that years of not training, it felt like coming home. Mm. It, it felt, and it still feels that way. It's, um, there is something about, and I, I find that's where other students, there is something that, and the ones that have been there for a while, that is keeping them there. And it's not always about, there's the art, there's the, the jongs, and there's the weaponry, and there's, there is that aspect and, and becoming more confident in your abilities to look after yourself if you're challenged, but look after yourself. It's not just the physical. You might It might actually be subconsciously that people don't appreciate what also we're doing and what we're sharing together in our life experiences is building up that capacity to look after yourself emotionally and spiritually, not mm. just physically. Mm. And there is, there is not many... Um, I think places, particularly in martial arts, uh, I'm not having a go to the martial arts that, that provide that. Mm. There are there are a, a few, few people that I know that run other schools, and you can that they do have these types of relationships. But sometimes we can get lost on just one aspect, um, and that could be the physical or how to strike someone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you you do that. Yeah, you could be really effective in doing so, but I think you truly miss out on something um, uh, material that. Um, that we have at the academy. Mm. Mm. So thank you, Sifu, for for because your journey um, over the years 
has, and you've stayed strong in your convictions about where you saw the academy. Mm. And there are people that I think about a long time ago that uh, that left because they didn't uh, see that or want to be part of that, mm. and that's okay because that's their journey. Mm. But um, you know, you saw something. Mm. And you stayed with that and you still stay with it mm. and continue to self-reflect and grow. And I think that self-reflection through your daily practice allows you to make sort of these decisions or look at where you want to go with the mm. academy, with your life. Mm. Um, and I think that sets you up for being whatever you, decision you make in that respect mm. to to be the right one as, as much as we can make. You know, you know, our decisions are not always going to be right, but I think mm. generally that's that's where it's landed. Mm. Thank you, thank you, Cece. Mm. Wow. <coughs> <coughs> oh yeah, I was just going to say, just hearing you guys share today, I think some I'm taking away. Well, what? Yeah, what I want to share is that it's. Uh, through everything, it's finding that balance. That balance is equal of all parts. Um, because what I'm hearing is that, that you guys didn't have any answers or any uh, uh, any yeah, answers for your answers uh, externally or internally, but just trusting in yourself mm. and having that balance led you to what is. Uh, right for you and and your families um, so in staying balanced is the right it, it gives you the the clarity and and the rightness whatever for your life mm. there is no right answer for everyone there is no right way there's no uh, the same way it's just it leads to the the way that it goes for you mm. but how do you, how do you get this for staying balanced with all parts? Mm. of yourself mm. in your life yeah i think everyone's um everyone's journey is different there might be some similarities yeah. and experiences and some experiences might be pretty much the same at certain points but everyone's journey is there and, and they will it's their journey it's the individuals but there will be others that will join you along that journey some for fleeting moments some um through marriage or other or children or other serious type of relationships or business relationships that will join you in that journey but ultimately it's your journey mm. Mm. Um, and you need to look after yourself mm. um, as best as you can and don't worry about what the views of others in judgment are mm. you think oh what are you doing meditating what are you doing yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you doing this for it's what you'll know um, in your heart what That's is right, right what you. is right for you exactly um, and um, and the other thing I've learned is that um Life's not predictable in no. many respects. You just yeah. don't know what's going to come. Yeah. And you don't want to live on edge thinking, oh, my goodness, what's next, what next? Because then you live in fight or flight and you mm. live in your head, you know, yes. your heart. Living yes. in your head um, can can lead you down all sorts of catastrophic paths, mm. thinking and worrying. And, and um, you know, unfortunately, there's many people that find themselves and CMO would see that in, that in that space and many challenges in life have brought them to... to um, you know, or thrust upon them where they are psychologically. But um, I think that, you know, what I've learned is that life has its unpredictabilities um, and I accept that and I understand that, um, which I had never done before. I mm. didn't really appreciate 
appreciate it. I might have said it, but I never appreciated it until the last year. Mm. But the more that you look after yourself and the more that you engage with those that you love and care for, then whatever comes your way, you'll be okay. Mm. Yep. You'll be okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like your bike analogy just now. <clears throat> Things might <clears throat> try and unbalance you, but if you stay <coughs> centred and balanced within yourself, then you'll stay on your bike. Yeah, and, I, and that, that balance, um, in, in it's so – I mean, balance is – you talk about balance in, in all different respects of life, and mm. it's really important, that balance. But I think what's really careful as well is that um, – when the balance is out, um, to not be too hard and judge yourself with respect to that, but mm. reflect and find a way to bring it back yeah. to that balance. And sometimes the balance might not be an overnight. It might be a little bit of work to get back to that centre. But, mm. um, um, you know, I think it's important to be conscious as much as you can of your behaviours and how you interact with people and what you're doing, um, not from a judgmental but an observational perspective. Mm. Um, and... Um, and if you do that, then you're more likely to sustain that balance as best as you can yep. in, in the mm. centre. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Cool. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to our next fortnight where we <laughs> podcast again and bring a guest in and uh, get another person's perspective. Like it's, you know, Absolutely. Christmas and New Year, it's, mm. I know it's celebratory, but at the same time it, it does apply... Uh, a whole lot of pressure on people too to have that perfect mm. family life and you know. yeah it's it's really interesting Sifu. I, I find um, a lot of people even I talk to at work and um, even in my small office I've got sort of five six people there and goodness me some of the challenges they've had in the past year or two mm. um, and not necessarily COVID related but um, they're just open to sharing and I, I feel that um when people are open to sharing their experiences, then that could help someone else. That could yes. help someone else, even if it's just that little. This sometimes I've had conversations with people, and I, there's just could be a long conversation, and there's one little thing I go, "Oh my goodness!" It just light bulb moment, mm-hmm. or I can, and I can take that away. So I, I think the um, the sharing and and, and through these the uh, podcasts, you know, that gives. Um, uh, there's something in these conversations mm. and, and with others that will come in um, in the future to talk and to share that whatever it might be, I'm sure there's a takeaway for at least one person out there. Mm. Oh, I hope so. I'm yeah. sure there is. Definitely. Mm. Mm. Very good. Are you guys all right to wrap it up? I'm... I'm Yes, I'm, yep, I'm happy. We're, we're yeah. shy of the six hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are, this is the same thing. We go into a uh, bow-out zone. So the intro was the bow-in, and there's a bow-out zone, so we'll go into that and share our last words. Okay, great. All right. Welcome to the bow-out, everyone. Towards the end of our podcast, we share our last words to close up the episode. What are your last words, Saying, Dad? Mates? Relationships. One word. Relationships. Okay. 
say say. Sorry, there's. That's right. No, last I, words. I was, last keep, I was trying to keep it down to to uh, to one word too, yeah. and I'm like, is that that competitive part of you? There, say say. Yeah. Super said one word. I'm gonna say one word too. I'm gonna say one word too. Can I do half a word? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Relation. (laughs) Um, Ships. I I think honour yourself. You are worthy. You are important. Honour yourself. Um, And relationships. Honour those around you. Awesome. Awesome. Losing my voice this morning. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Say sing. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Thanks for doing this episode. Super, first episode of 2022. Uh, look forward to our next fortnight with our next guest. Stay tuned, everyone. The Frill Podcast. Oh, and uh, when is the parents, kids, and kung fu coming back into flourishing? Well, we'll start new recordings when school goes back. Yep. And um, that'll be the fresh ones. Uh, the recordings from the end of last term they'll come out in the next week or two okay so uh listeners out there you can stay tuned to hear about what it's like to be a parent with kids doing kung fu uh parents kids and kung fu yeah it's uh, special episodes that's right for real cool all right good evening good morning (laughs) good night (laughs) see ya (laughs) bye